Awesome. Well, uh, I was out of town last weekend, and uh, it was good to get away, get a change of scenery, uh, but I really missed you guys, and uh, uh, Mom did an excellent job of teaching, and so uh, I'm, I'm so glad that I can be gone, um, and you know, the, the place doesn't fall apart. That would make me a terrible leader. And so I'm so glad for our elders, our staff, and, and everyone else for, for uh, continuing on no matter who, who is here. So that's, that's a testimony of, uh, of, of you guys and your willingness to serve. It's not about one person. It's not even about a group of people. It's about Jesus, right? And we all rally around him. Um, so... We've been talking about generosity and um, being generous, and uh, you know it's it's been funny since this is going to be the third uh, third sermon uh, as as this um, uh, part of this series, and I've heard all over town about you guys. Like I've heard, you know, we kicked things off. We did the the tip for the pizza delivery person. How many of you were here when we did that? That was so much fun, wasn't it? And so you guys are really catching the vision. I have heard uh, people raising money for other people. I've heard someone told me uh, uh, on Facebook uh, that someone from our church randomly paid for their meal uh, one night. And you guys are just getting, you're getting generous. And I like it. I like it. It's different than being a giver. Uh, being a giver, a giver responds to need. But being generous, it's a, it's a mindset. Um, and so I'm really, really, really excited. So... Uh, Glad to, it makes me proud every time I hear good stories. I, w- I want to recap a little bit what we've been talking about. Generosity is the mindset that just because a resource comes to me doesn't mean that it belongs to me. Just because a resource comes to me doesn't mean that it belongs to me. All right. So there's an understanding that everything that shows up on your doorstep right, is not yours necessarily. Okay. On the other hand, greed is the assumption that since a resource came to me, then it is for me. And so when you assume that, well, I got this raise at work, therefore God must like me, right? Or this resource has come my way, therefore, hey, it's for me. Look, some, some things God does want you uh, to, uh, to enjoy, and we're going to talk about that some uh, next Sunday. But, uh, but, you know, we want to adopt this generous mindset, this generous mindset. Um, greed produces owners, but generosity produces stewards. Greed says this is mine. Generosity says this is God's. All right? And so we want to adopt that mindset. Now, we talked about why, why we should be generous, but today I'm actually going to talk to you about three tools, three tools that will empower you to be generous. We're going to be talking about generating generosity. Because, see, a lot of people want to be generous. And it's kind of like what Blake and Felicia shared about just a moment ago. A lot of people want to be generous, but they feel, I don't have anything to give. Well, you can always give something. It's not always money that we're talking about. This is actually not a series on money. Okay, This is a series on a mindset. Okay, And so you can give your time. You can give of your abilities, right? You can give of your prayer. Your testimony is something that you can give. Okay, Sharing your story with others. But many people want to be generous, and we're going to, we're going to kind of focus a little bit on, on finances specifically. They want to be generous, but they just feel like they don't have the means. Because quite honestly, you can't give what you don't have, right? 
I mean, Tiff shared an awesome story uh, two weeks ago about giving away a hat, right? Well, if she didn't have the hat, she couldn't have given the hat, right? And so what, what I want to share with you are, are three tools, okay? They are dynamics. In other words, they require a specific input from you to get a predetermined output from God, okay? It requires, it, it, it requires input from you, okay? Um, it requires interactivity between you and the Lord. So there are three dynamics, okay, three dynamics that we're going to look at, these three tools that will allow you to live a generous life. Now, uh, last week, uh, Mom went over the first one, uh, and I'm just going to take a passing swipe at it again, but it's the concept of sowing and reaping. If you weren't here last week, I encourage you, our CDs are in the foyer. You can find all of our sermons online at vfcthomasville.org. You can also find them on any podcasting platform, okay, where uh, all of our Sunday morning sermons sermons are up there. I encourage you, get the word in you during the week, not just on Sunday mornings. Sowing and reaping is also called seed time and harvest. It's also called giving and receiving. See, you are a sower, and the sow just simply means to plant. You are a sower. Every word you speak, every action you do is sowing seed. You are also soil, You are the recipient of seed on a regular basis, too. As people speak into your life, as you read the word, you are sowing seed into your own life. Okay? So you are a sower and you are soil. And God has an interesting warning to us, and you can turn to Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to be reading the New Living Translation here. The New King James starts out, do not be deceived New Living Translation says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. Okay, before we continue, what he's about to say, what the Apostle Paul is about to say in this letter to the Galatians, he's saying what we're about to study, what we're about to see about the nature of God has to do with his justice. Do you know that God is just? One of the things that makes him God, makes him so awesome, is that he's just, he's good, right? And so this is one of the, the, the things of justice, all right, this is one of the tools, the, 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 the things that he does on this earth that is just, is sowing and reaping. It's just. You can't mock the justice of God. What, you, here, here's what it says. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest. In other words, you will always reap what you sow. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So, let's not get tired of doing what's good. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good, be generous to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. So isn't that interesting? A couple of things real quick. Um, he says, let's not get tired of doing good. Why? Because God's justice is final. He's not going to change his mind. We see this echoed in the natural world. If you plant, um, if you plant an apple tree, what are you going to get? Apples. Y'all are so smart. Like, that's all. I mean, I, just, I didn't know if you're going to get that or not. You did, and I'm just so proud right now. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you always, you, if, if, you, if you plant grapes, you get grapes. I mean, this is, this is the way that the world was created, and there is a spiritual echo. It's not just in the natural. Whatever you do, all right, whatever seeds you sow through your mouth, through your words, through your actions, 
okay? You will reap because God, you can't mock God's justice. It's one of his forms of justice on the earth that people will get what they deserve, okay? So we, we have to be very, very careful that we understand this, okay? And it says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, you should do good to everyone. Interestingly, he says, especially the household of faith. You know, we should give to everyone, but do you know that it's the household of faith that actually should be your first place to look if you want to be generous? I love, that's why I love the testimony that, that the loves just shared with us, is that the way that you guys rallied around them was, was beautiful. It was awesome. And, and, and that you were showing generosity to them. Some of it was financial, some of it was not. Now, there's been a lot of misunderstanding about sowing and reaping. And as with all theology, what you'll see is you'll see a church or a denomination or a season of all Christianity will swing to one extreme, right? And then what will happen is the Lord will raise up people who bring correction, and they'll swing to the other side. When in reality, where Scripture sits is right here. All right, you with me? And so I, I want to I show you, and, and Mom talked about this some last week, but, but you are a sower and you are soil, and we need to understand that give, just to give, is not enough. Just to give is religious. Just to give, well, Jesus died for me, so I guess I better give something to poor old baby Jesus. Here's a 20, Right? And it's just like, okay, I'll give, I should, you know, I should do more, right? So that's just death. It's just religion. It's just rules. It's not relationship, right? It's just, it, it, we don't just give. Just giving, and, and some people prop, it's, it's one of the extremes. Some people have propped this up and have said, well, you know, you should give without any expectation of return. Well, that makes absolutely no sense. You don't see that in the natural world, do you? What do you see inside of fruit? Seeds. If you don't receive a return from your sowing, how are you going to sow again? Does that make sense? It's just religious garbage to say, well, I'm just going to give and expect nothing in return. What? What? That's, it's unbiblical. Now, the pendulum swung, and then we have the give to get people, right? And these people are operating not out of religion of, I'm just going to give, poor me. They're saying, I'm going to give to get, and God's going to give me a Lambo, right? I'm going to have the biggest house on the corner, right? I'm, everyone's going to be really impressed with me and because I'm God's child. I actually know some churches that teach that if the preacher doesn't drive like a Mercedes, then he's in sin. Well, he must not be doing something right. Seriously. Like, I love the groan. I'm glad you all groaned at that because it makes me... Rawr. Makes me want to throat punch someone because it's so, it's so not the heart of God. Neither is throat punching. I don't condone throat punching. It's not the heart of God either. He loves your throat. He wants to heal it. Throats be healed in Jesus' name. So we got one extreme, which is just give, just do it, just give. And then we've got the other side, give to get. <laughs> All right, we want to give to get to give. We want to give, to get, to give. As a matter of fact, we actually want to give, to get, 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 to give. See how that works? You don't just give with no purpose and no intentionality. You don't just give as a religious exercise. No, you give to get, but you don't stop there. You don't just give to get so you can have and build your own little kingdom on this earth. Jesus says that we should, we should store up treasure where? In heaven. Not on earth. 
So you give, and you get, and then you give, and then you get, and then you give, and then you get, and then you give, and and it just keeps on going. It's okay to receive because the next batch of seed is in the harvest. Okay? But if you keep, if you eat your seed, (laughs) then you're not doing it right. And so many of us are eating our seed, aren't we? We're eating our seeds. So, so one, of the, one of the tools, and I can't spend any more time on it, is, is, uh, is giving and receiving or sowing and reaping or seed time and harvest. I encourage you, if you have more questions, you can get the message from last week. Here's the other thing. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I've talked about it recently. I, I recently did a sermon in August. It was the last Sunday of August, and it was called Should I Tithe? And we talked about a biblical look. Uh, not the tradition of man or the religion that you were brought up in, but what does the Bible really say about tithe? We've made extra copies. They're in the foyer. Um, they're in the foyer in the Welcome Center. Just grab one, okay? Um, or go back on the website and listen to it. So I cover it in detail. It's a full 45-minute sermon on tithing, okay? You will understand tithing. But percentage giving, I'll, 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 I'll uh, just kind of tell you the cliff notes here. The tithe was an Old Testament law. It's no longer a law for Christians. Okay? For Christians, the tithe is an opportunity. Okay? It's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do should you uh, want to be blessed in that particular way. See, there is a blessing attached to the tithe. And the blessing hasn't gone away. The cursings have gone away. I explain all that in the teaching. Okay, so the tithe is not something you have to do, but it's something you have the opportunity to partner with God and receive the blessing. Okay, so if you do not tithe, you shouldn't feel like you're breaking God's law. You are missing out on opportunity, but God doesn't look at you differently as if you're in sin or breaking some sort of law. Do you see how that works? Um, I call this percentage giving. Now, the tithe means 10%. Percentage giving is, is simply this. It's giving in proportion to what you have. Um, in 1 Corinthians 16, 2, and you can turn there if you want to. I'm not going not gonna to turn to it right now. But um, it, uh, the Apostle Paul is giving instructions on how to receive an offering that he's going to take to the believers in Jerusalem. Okay, So he's taking up a goodwill offering. And he says, look. When I get there, that, that's not the time to start asking the Lord how much you should give. Because you should already set aside some. As a matter of fact, set aside a little bit every single week on the first day of the week. Hey, it's the first day of the week. Set aside a little bit on the first day of the week, okay? And, 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 and plan your way so when I get there, he goes, I won't have to beg and plead, Right? He goes, and then, well, how much should we give? He says, give, the NIV says, in keeping with your income. The Amplified says, in proportion to what you've been given. See, $100 means a whole lot to some of you, doesn't it? Like, whoa, that's 100 bucks. Whoa, put me in that crowd. 100 bucks? But for some of you, 100 bucks is like, eh. I mean, I'd rather have it, but it's not a big deal. It's not going to break me. So the person that has more should give in proportion to what they have, right? That's all it's saying. And see, God's impressed with percentages. He's not impressed with totals. We see that with a woman. You heard of the story of the, the widow's mites, the two, two copper uh, coins, basically pennies. 
she throws it in. Then Jesus is watching, kind of creepily, watching everyone give. They had a little box. They didn't receive the offering like we do. Everyone walked around before the service and placed it uh, in the box and in the treasury. And, and so he's watching this. And so the lady comes in, throws in her two mites, um, her two copper coins. And, and Jesus leans over and says, hey, she just gave more than everyone else here. Well, well we know that's not true. If you're adding up totals, because it said that some rich people were giving in a lot. But why did she give a lot? Based on percentage. So we know that God's impressed with percentages, not totals. And so that's why percentage giving, again, this is, it's not a rule. It's an opportunity. Okay? So these are tools, uh, both uh, sowing and reaping and percentage giving are tools that Tiffany and I have specifically opted into. And we, because of this, we, li- we live an incredibly blessed life, so much so that it's confusing to some of our friends, and I get that. I really do. But I'm telling you, we've, we've determined, we understand you can't outgive God. It's not just a platitude to put on Facebook. It's, it's, it's a real way to live that you, we, we try to give. As a matter of fact, since this generosity a message has been going on. We've been trying to like out, like outdo each other a little bit with our generosity, and been trying to say, "Oh, guess okay, guess what I did today? I did this," you know. And we're just having like fun, like giving and giving and seeing how how we can give and bless people. So, what I want to introduce here, and, and I don't remember us talking about this, but this is another tool, and this is another tool that Tiffany and I use as well, but it's another tool that you see all throughout Scripture that will generate generosity in your life, and it's the law of first fruits. It's first fruits giving. First fruits giving. Now, I'm going to spend the rest of our time on this, okay, and, and I want to explain first fruits. Giving your first fruits is giving your first and your best, First fruits giving is giving your first and your best to the Lord before you do anything else. Now, you don't have to turn to Leviticus 23. You can write that down and read about it. But in the Old Testament, God instituted uh, the law of the first fruits offering. Okay? The people were to bring a sheaf of grain to the priest. He would wave it before the Lord. They would also do a burnt offering of a spotless lamb. That was their best. Okay, Spotless lamb, not, not a messed up lamb. Okay, But spotless, not the one that looked all weird, you know. Don't give that one to God. Give the good one to God, trusting that he'll give you another good one. No defects. They would give a meal offering and a drink offering as well. You weren't allowed to partake from the harvest until this offering was made. So see, whenever the new crop would come in, you couldn't do anything else with it until you first did this. Okay, this was first. That's why it's your first and your best. No grain could be harvested at all until the first fruits offering was brought to the Lord. Now, that was an Old Testament offering. That was part of the, the Levitical law. It was part of um, the, the worship instructions back then. Uh, we have been redeemed from the law. That, that Old Testament law um, is, is not, it's not law for us anymore. We're under a season of grace, right? Are you with me? All right. We don't, y'all don't, you, don't have, you can do Jewish feasts if you want to, but you don't have to. That's not what God looks at to see if you're righteous. He looks at the blood of Jesus to see if you're righteous. And that's all you need to be righteous. Okay, but while the first fruits offering is no longer needed for our redemption in the new covenant in the New Testament, the concept of first fruits is still found all throughout the New Testament. You're going to see it mentioned all throughout the New Testament. You're going to see Jesus was actually a first fruits offering. It says that in 1 Corinthians 15. It says that he was the firstborn of all the resurrected. See, when you die, eventually we're all going to die. Hundred percent of us. Okay. When you die, though, you can, you can believe and know for sure that you will be resurrected. 
Why? Because Jesus already did it. He was the first fruits offering. Jesus was, was kind of like God's tithe. If you think about it, he wasn't 10% tithe, but he was the first fruits offering. Right? And so he gets, he, he, already, he already sowed Jesus and he reaps us. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? So that's in 1 Corinthians 15 if you want to look that up. The Holy Spirit is called a first fruits. Okay? The Holy Spirit is a first fruits experience of God's presence in heaven. That's in Romans 8.23. It talks about the Holy Spirit as a taste of things to come. And one version says first fruits of heaven. So when you're in worship and you're just enraptured in his presence, you're like, oh, this is so awesome. God's like, yeah, it is. And guess what? There's a whole lot more where that came from because that's just the first fruits. Isn't that cool? Okay. So the Holy Spirit is first fruit. So we still see this, even though it's not law, it's an opportunity. Giving, giving your first fruits is an opportunity, and it's something that will help you generate generosity in your life. The key to first fruits is this it requires that you give your first and your best. Your first and your best. Uh, turn to John. John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus says something interesting. The first time I heard him say this, I did not like it. Did not like the way he said this. Jesus, come on, man, be nice. What are you doing? He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. It sounded kind of like, well, if you love me, you'll do this, right? That's actually, you can actually read some other manuscripts that say, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. In other words, it's a spiritual checkup. If you're wondering whether or not you love Jesus, look at your, obedi- look at your obedience. If you're wondering whether or not you love Jesus, don't look at the, the fish emblem on your car. Come on, somebody. Look at if you're actually obeying what he says, if you're actually doing what he says. Now, this word obey is interesting in the Greek. Okay. Um, in the Greek, it actually means uh, to make, uh, to take extreme care of, when it says obey my commandments, take extreme care of or make a reservation for my commandments. Now, y'all made reservations before, right, at a restaurant. You ever shown up at a restaurant? Maybe you'll go out to eat somewhere after, after today. And you go up there, and you're like, hey, party of four. And they'll go, okay, cool. Uh, it's about a 15, 20-minute wait. So here's your little pager. Go sit over there. So when you so you now have a reservation, right, to dine in that place. Okay. Now let me ask you something. You're sitting there and you're talking, playing on your phone, whatever you're doing, and all of a sudden that pager starts buzzing. Well, do you just sit there and continue talking? Do you just keep playing on your phone? Ah, we'll get to it eventually. You immediately stand up. You're like, well, we're buzzing. It's my number. You're knocking over like ladies and stuff on the way to the place, right? It's our turn. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Going to get a seat so we can wait more. You know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. So when it says make a reservation um, for God's law, make a reservation when you obey uh, his commandments, make a reservation for his commandments, that means you move quickly. You do it first. Do you see that? You do it first. And I'm telling you guys, no, I'm telling you, something that I've seen in my life, for, for again, Tiffany and I have, have been studying this and trying to live by this for a long time. 
the quicker you obey the voice of the Lord, the more impact you will make on others and the easier it will be to continue to give. I'm, I'm just telling you, if you can just train yourself, and believe me, I am the king of justification. I can justify why I don't do stuff like a boss. I mean, seriously. I mean, I'm really good at arguing. I mean, I'm really good at debating. I can win debates, even about stuff I don't even believe just because I want you to lose. Okay, that's like a gift. It's not a good gift. It's just it's there. But I'm telling you, when you hear the Lord impress upon you, and I say hear, and I don't mean an audible voice. I mean an impression, a feeling, okay? Um, maybe you see something happen in your imagination. When you, when you feel the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit to do something, Learn to obey immediately. Make it first. It's a first fruits offering of obedience to him. That could be giving money. That could be helping someone. I, um, I had a funny experience the other day. I was, I was at coffee with a couple of guys. We were hanging out. And this dude, this dude uh, spills his coffee everywhere. It was hilarious. I mean, it was like, he's got, you're all like, how mean? Sorry, it's just, it's in here. So he, like, he just got it, and it's like, whoop, 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 and it goes everywhere, like all over him. And I'm like, <laughs> but then immediately, immediately, I heard the Lord say, go buy him another coffee. I don't know this guy. And I don't want to buy him another coffee. I want to laugh at him. I mean, ser- I mean ser- can I be honest? This is church where you're honest, right? This isn't high church where you act and pretend, right? So I'm like, that's pretty funny, Lord, you know? He's like, go buy him a new one. And I had that moment of, well, why should I buy I mean, he's with a group of friends, and I'm, I'm sure this place will probably give him one. It's not, not too uncommon. But, but you know what I did? I was in mid-conversation. I sprung out of my chair. Sorry, guys, hold on. And just went up there before I talked myself out of it. Because I have learned... That the speed of obedience greatly impacts like how much change it's going to create in the kingdom and in this world. We've got to learn to obey quickly. We have to learn to obey quickly. So first fruits is giving your first. That means it's quickly. Second of all, it's your best. It's your best. Colossians chapter 3. This is our last, our last scripture. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. Now he's talking about, he's talking, he's specifically addressing servants, indentured servants, who are, it, some versions may say slaves. It's not slavery as we, as we know it, okay? It's, it's willful slavery. It's people who have been, um, who become servants of others, maybe because they owed a debt or something like that, okay? And so this could be applied to you and your job, but it's a famous passage The Apostle Paul says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you really serve is Christ. Okay? So what does that mean? It means when you're giving, don't, you're not really giving to the person that you're giving to. Who are you giving to? The Lord. Right? You're giving to the Lord. So say God lays on your heart to give something you own to someone else. Right? Well, if you're doing, if it's if you're going to make it a first fruits offering, which will trigger the abundant blessing of the Lord, you you first you got to do it immediately. Do it as quick as you can. And if you mess up, don't feel bad. All right, don't 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 uh, just say, Lord, I've done this so many times. Lord, give me another chance. 
I pray that all the time. When I miss something, Lord, give me another chance. I, I get it now. I'm sorry. I was being dumb. I need another chance. Will you get, Lord, give me another chance. And he always does. Okay? So if you miss it, look, don't come under, don't come under condemnation. Just, just do what's right the next time. Okay? But, but you got to do it first. Do it quick. Do it quick. Okay? And then give your best. You're not given to that person. You're given to Jesus. You're given to him. Because if we're just given to a person, we're going to, oh, I don't really need this anymore. I can give this to him. But if you're given to the Lord, you know that there's no outgiving him. You know, it says, remember the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward. And I gave this illustration um, a couple weeks ago, I think. But if I promised you $5 million tomorrow and all you had left today was $100, if someone asked you for $100, it'd be a lot easier to give it, wouldn't it? Knowing that you have $5 million coming. Because who cares? Well, you have eternity with Jesus Christ coming. Who cares about the stuff we have now? It should, you should hold it very loosely in your hands. All right? Because it's just, it's just $100 compared to $5 million. All right? It's not that big of a deal. So these are the three tools, sowing and reaping, percentage giving, and, the, and first fruits giving. Are you utilizing kingdom tools that will generate generosity in your life? That's my question to you. Are you utilizing these two tools? Are you utilizing giving and receiving, sowing and reaping? Are you being intentional with what you sow, what you plant, so that you will not mock the justice of God, but you will reap exactly what you sow? Are you, um, are, are you choosing to give not just throwing something in the plate, but are you choosing to give based on percentage? Are you choosing to give first fruits, your first and your best? These three tools, I'm telling you, will unlock the generosity of heaven into your life so that you too can be generous like your father. Amen? Let's stand for prayer.